everybody, welcome back to another episode of the FN Story. I'm joined alongside a new perspective, a great creative builder, someone that we've never had before. I should have asked you this before we started. Is it Don Wazi or Don Wozi? How do you say your name? I'm sorry. It's Don Wazi. Don yeah, Wazi. A, a lot of people get that mixed up. Okay, so I had it right the first time. I, I just didn't want to say it wrong the entire time, and now I'm kind of feeling dumb, but it's all right. We're here. How are you doing, man? Yeah, I'm good, man. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it, and hello, everyone. Of course, of course. I, I'm excited. I've followed you. I'm sure most people have played your map at least once, uh, the Skavix one, but I'm interested to know, like, how many maps have you built? Like, what has the entire creative building process look like for you well so obviously the scavok is the most popular map i've made and probably will be forever my most popular map um i can't i can't really put a number on how many maps I've actually made because there's so many maps in the background that like i'll i'll make a full map and then i'll fully scrap it because i'm not happy with it so i mean i want to say 150 plus Jeez. Okay. And But then there's like there's like seven that I've actually released. Is there one that you're like most proud of? Yeah, um other than the Scavok, obviously because it's very popular. My peace control map, I really think it's somewhat really unique and um I don't know, I'm just always proud of my peace control maps. Okay, cool. Yeah, I feel like that's something I I've definitely used your peace control map before. I'm can't say that I, I use too many, um, let's say, make me better at the game maps. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but I, I do uh, enjoy jumping in, especially the aim trainer before tournaments is something, as a controller player, I really appreciate because there's nothing else outside of the game. Um, what made you decide to like create the scavic aim trainer because that's kind of your your prestige map right yeah 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 well um it's it's pretty simple story to be fair i'm a controller player myself and um i'm i'm the type of person that's not very particularly good on games uh when i first pick them up like there's people that are just pure natural and just can pick up a game and be brilliant at it i'm not one of them people i'm someone who has to sit there and train and create for months before i even get remotely good anyway so um, I remember my aim, especially my shotgun aim, was really bad. And I'd, I'd go on a few people's maps, like Tito. Tito were making ma maps before me. And I remember going on his aim trainer and thinking, uh, there's a lot of stuff in here that I want to be in here, but it's not in here. And I remember thinking, do you know what? I, I used to recreate things on Minecraft and stuff. So I'd, I don't know, just one day I just had this idea to make a, a aim trainer and yeah, and I called it Scavok, which everyone absolutely loved because it's Kovacs backwards. <laughs> and um, yeah, it, I got lucky, really. You know, big content creators picked it up and stuff. Yeah, I don't know if it was luck. I, I mean, you definitely, it sounds like you made it yourself, but you also made a really good map that there was yeah. clear need for within the community. I mean, most kids don't even want to change the map. So the fact that like, you don't have to make them leave the game even. All I have to do is put in a code and can aim train. It's been a huge help. Yep. Do you think, I guess when you first made this, did you think that there would be this mass reaching? Because you tweeted something out like you had over 100 million plays on your map yeah, so yeah, far. Yeah. Like, yep. Any expectation and, um, that that was going so, to be that well, big? Sorry. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Well, out of the, I just want to clarify, out of the one over, well, I've got over 100 million players across all my maps right now. Um, and out of the 100 mil, the Scavok is 80% of that. Oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not, it's not, you don't see it often. Anyway, um, sorry again, what was the question? <laughs> Did you ever expect your maps to have so much success? Oh, no, not at all. I created the Scavok. Simply for me, um, I, re I really did not think because I no I did I did not think it'd be as big as what it was, and I, to this day I feel absolutely blessed that you know it became as big as it did because of content creators like Tfue and Face Sway and people like that just pushing it out there. 
Um, I think it was just a, it were they want people wanted Kovacs in Fortnite, and obviously I couldn't fully replicate Kovacs, but it looked something similar, so it filled a need for people rather than you know going on a different app to aim train before a tournament. They could have like a little aim training session, you know, on the actual game. Well, and especially with the bloom mechanics and controller players and aim assist, yeah. like it's not something very easily replicated outside of the game. So even like those yeah, zombie yeah. levels that you have where they're going yeah. across or you do like the, the, where they're jumping around different things like that. It's just so helpful to have someone have thought through all these different scenarios and then you've put them into like an easily accessible singular map where you're just like, all right, I want that one. I want that one. And whatever you feel has been a huge success. So in the um in the like progression of the Scavox where it was to where it is now, my my first goal obviously I want good aim training scenarios. So I'm always in direct contact with coaches and you know aim coaches specifically people like that. And um, but my my other main goal for the map is uh accessibility. You know it being really easy to understand. Like you could jump in the Scavox and you know how to get to a scenario. You know. You know, you know exactly what you're doing when you're in there. That's uh, the main goal for me. Well, and I think you've nailed that. It's not a very <laughs> difficult map to navigate. You're just, you're in it, and then it tells you the different sections or whatever you want to do. So well done on that, because uh, I definitely have jumped in some creative maps it. where I'm like, uh, there's where tons do I and go? tons of text on wall, and it's like, yeah, it's. It's hard to make something easy to use in creative. It's, it sounds crazy, but it really is hard. So if a map is really easy to use and, you know, you jump in and you you know exactly what you're doing and there's not much text, you don't have to read much, just show appreciation to that creator because he's worked very hard in making it easy to use for you. Well, now that you bring that up, like, how do you support a creative builder? Because I don't know... Like, personally, I have no idea other than, like, using your code in-game or your map. Is there any other ways? Yeah, so right now, the only... Uh, in terms of supporting a creative builder financially, the only way the only way is the support creator program, which uh, is basically the generosity of others. That's what we depend on. Um, and obviously, support, support can be loads of different things, like just a follow on social media, just a share of the map, um... You know, tell your friends about the map, show other people the map. Making content on the map is supporting the map creator. So all that all that stuff is very appreciated by map creators. Okay, cool. I'll make sure to keep that in mind. I've never thought of, like, making a video using your map or somebody else's map is helpful. But that makes sense. It, it expands the audience that would yeah. not necessarily know about your map. And I feel like... I mean, people like Jerry and people like Ken Beans, those big uh, tips and tricks YouTubers have yeah. definitely started to do basically every season. Like, here are the best yeah. aimers, yeah. Tr editors. Um, yeah. So keep that in mind. That's, that's cool to hear. Yeah, man. And as far as, like, the evolution of Skavik and you as a creative, how has that taken place? Because from when creative was first introduced to what it is now, I'm sure it's massively different. You want to share what that process looks like and how much things have changed? Honestly, um, we were in the start, we were, we was very limited to what we could do and we're still limited now. Don't get me wrong. But the way I see it is there's this saying I have with every update, with every Fortnite update, especially creative, we become, less and less limited um in terms of the scavox progression what all is that is really is just endless hours and hours of testing um testing new mechanics you know I, i'm literally always watching people like you know aim a seven and uh aim coaches like that just to see their grasp on aiming i know my maps more sway to more towards controller players but i try and make it good for mouse and keyboard players as well uh, but yeah, that's all it is. Just hours and hours testing, you know, bug fixing. Bug fixing is a daily occurrence for me. Daily? Daily occurrence. I have to fix bugs on the Scavok daily. Sometimes it's one bug. 
some minor bugs, you know, sometimes it's six, seven, eight bugs a day, do you know what I mean? It's it's crazy. Um but you got you know, as a developer you gotta roll with the punches. Yeah, so what is like what is the bane of creative map makers if you're like is it updates? Do you, do you like hate when updates come out because it just means that yeah. new things are broken? Yeah, so not all the time. Like sometimes you can go months without your map breaking. But like <laughs> I get an example, this Dragon Ball Z update, it changed. It changed. Um, I don't know whether something's bugged out on the Sentry prop device, but something changed on the Sentry prop device and it completely broke every single one of my maps. Oof. So. To the point of unfixability, and um, now I have to put patchwork in, so I have to patch it up until I can overhaul the map altogether. It's crazy. So but when I, go ahead, go, sorry. Well, I have I have this saying where it's like, usually I used to be like really ragey, like grr, epic games, you know, like you you brought my maps, I hate you, blah blah blah. <laughs> but nowadays I see it as um, it's a learning curve. Every time something breaks in the map, it's it's an opportunity to learn something new. So for this example, are you creating a new way to do all the the sentries, or are you trying to like put a band-aid on something until it might be fixed? So right now so right now I have band-aided it. Um two of the maps, especially the Scavot aim trainer and the uh peace control map. Um, I am working on two brand new maps because um, in the Scavok it's hard to, you know, have you probably seen Raider's Aim Trainer? It's, it, Raider's Aim Trainer is, is like probably the pinnacle of Fortnite creative aim training right now. Um, obviously, I'm working on mine, which is going to introduce... Mine introduces more scoring elements and um, I, have, I do have a challenge mode, which the Scavok will be the first practice map uh the first aim training practice map to be able to uh, uh, check your accuracy percentage oh okay yeah which which was a very hard mechanic to do but yeah that one's coming and the new peace control map i can't reveal um what's new but it's 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 going to be meta peace control map like it, it's it's going to be crazy it's, it's so realistic that that's what i straight strive for like realistic practice I don't know whether to be happy about that or upset because now there's going to be even more like 12 year olds just destroying me when I hop in the game. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, but that's cool to hear. And I've followed some like creative and how you, you guys take something that doesn't necessarily seem like it was supposed to be used for this, this way and then turn it into like a whole different kind of mechanic that's built out and is that what you're doing with the accuracy is there some way that you figure that out yeah so um it's it's not like it's hard, it's very hard to explain it's not as good as kovac's accurate percentage checking obviously that's an application you know where you can write but you know you have code to deal with and blah 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 this is just devices you know that we have to work with it's i'd say I mean, I can give you the... Basically, the challenge mode is you have a you have an allotted amount of... It's not an allotted amount of time, but uh, you have so much ammo, basically. And um, you have the gun that I recommend you use on that scenario. And then once the once the clip's empty or once the once your ammo's gone, then you will find out what your accuracy percentage is. The problem with Fortnite... Uh, over Kovacs when when it comes to this accuracy percentage mechanic is Fortnite has bloom so your accuracy percentage is going to be very low compared to Kovacs so whereas in Kovacs you can get 100% accuracy you've got no chance of getting 100% accuracy in Fortnite creative but in terms of the mechanic uh, it's very simple when if you're if you're a creator and you know this kind of things it's very simple it's one of them things where it's simple but it's hard to figure out at the same time, um, but it's not very, it, it wasn't a very difficult mechanic to make, but very cool though. Yeah, it, I definitely definitely would appreciate something like that, but you're right, within Fortnite, I mean, what does accuracy even mean? Because you're shooting builds, you're shooting with Bloom, like what is 
good accuracy is such like uh uncharted ground i guess i mean obviously within an aim trainer you can have good accuracy but within the game it's gonna be all over the place right like how many builds did you shoot does that count as hitting a shot or does it not and then uh, yeah. you know that that could go on forever and ever um i'm in- interested to know like what is there any new piece that's been added to creative whether it be like this year last year that has kind of changed everything has there been that new update to creative because wasn't creative 2.0 like teased recently? yeah so um apparently we're, we're supposed to be getting creative 2.0 by the end of this year no one no one everyone can have the ideas of what it's going to be but no one can definitely say what creative 2.0 is going to be i don't think it's going to be all absolutely major in my opinion because they want Epic are big about, well, in my opinion, Epic are big about giving everyone a chance. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like people think it's going to be this intricate coding system and blah, 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 and you're going to be able to sell assets. You might be able to sell assets, um, but I think whatever will be available to PC will be available to console players. That's just my take on it. Um uh, and in terms of like an update that's changed, the, the most recent update, other than bugging all my maps out, has brought a device. Has brought a device that's going to be game changing, game changing, not just for practice maps, but for all maps in general. And it's called a level loader device. Uh, it's, uh, it's. I can't even explain how good it's going to be. And when people start, you know, breaking the limits of that device, it's going to be absolute. You're going to see creative maps whole different level. Now, can you explain what that does as far as a, a creative map on like a, a very basic level? All right, so you have two devices, basically. You have the level instance device and you have the new level load. So whatever you build in the level instance device, you can then save as a level and then load it on the level loader device. Okay, which so... is it's going to be absolutely nuts. So, I mean, just thinking the most basic application of like a very common game like zone wars right so you could have round one be one zone wars map round two be another zone wars map is that how that would work or am i not thinking of that right yeah theoretically yeah you could you could do that it could be it could be all in the same space but different you know pois different buildings you know uh, and and it can be changed just like uh, in a split second do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. take finest, take finest realistics for it, for instance. He has so many POIs all built on one island, and then you randomly go through each one. Well, he could have the same POIs in the exact same spot, using a lot less memory, have more POIs and stuff like that, and just load them each round. Oh, so. And that's just that's just a basic that's just a basic use of this device. Yeah, that's interesting because memory is a big thing that holds back maps, exactly. right? Exactly. And so if you don't need everything all in one spot, so like different levels don't require the same map memory, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Interesting. Is you're loading the level and from what I've seen, I'm I'm not I am absolutely fully tested it out yet to the to its brink, but what from what I know is whatever you build in the level instance device, you can then save as a level. But then I'm pretty sure you don't need the level instance device and you can just use the level loader device. So that all that memory that, you know, would be used on things that you've put inside the level instance device, like buildings and stuff like that, no longer needs to be there because you can load it straight up. Interesting. So not only can you do more intricate stuff, but the levels should play better because you have less stuff on the map less memory use theoretically yeah i'm I'm not 100 percent sure how it'll work just yet gotcha gotcha what so i've played some really cool maps like there's been this is now outside of like the whole practice thing because i i still go back and play warcraft 3 custom games it's like one of my favorite things to do outside of fortnite um and then obviously halo 3 forge took games that were not even a thought or an idea and turn them into basically entire maps that people would play on a regular basis and we started to see that within Fortnite but a lot of it still 
relies on like the core mechanics so you know zone wars are huge but we've also seen these kind of like conquest maps or uh almost campaign style maps is there any anything that you've come across that you're like holy crap this is gonna be incredible well uh to be honest there's a lot of things that i come across that i think is really incredible the stuff that team power are doing is like some of their maps are absolutely nuts like when it comes to like progression systems and open worlds you know you can you can uh farm this and buy this and progress with your career and all sorts of stuff there's so many crazy maps coming out um one that one that really took me by surprise probably one of the craziest mechanical things i've ever, i don't know if you probably have heard of it um do you know what enigma and yeah i do Enigma, Enigma made a working chessboard, and like that is the craziest thing I could ever imagine. Like, it's it's so. If if you understood creative and mechanics, you'd know how absolutely difficult that was. Um, that that's probably one of the maps that's absolutely baffled me. Like in terms of you know over than practice maps. There's a lot of um, open world. Uh, like GTA style, just obviously not as big of a world, you know, where you can right. earn money, buy apartments, and blah blah, that sort of stuff. Is again, it's crazy, and like I said, every update becomes less limiting to creators, and eventually, when two point comes, my personal belief is where like you're going to be playing Fortnite, and then you're going to be playing. Uh, you know, City, GTA City or something made by <laughs> Team Power and it's going to be an all-separate game, you know. Oh, it's absolutely crazy. And with this um, creator funding, you know, that's been alluded to by Tim Sweeney, uh, you know, more more ways for creators to earn a living from it. I'm, I'm, I'm really guessing that Creative 2.0 is going to be massive. I hope so. Um, one of the big things that like comes to my mind whenever I think of creative is Warcraft 3 is where Dota was created. Dota was a custom game within Warcraft 3 and then developed into its own game because someone essentially stole it and then made it its own yeah. game out of custom games. And I, I think Fortnite and other games have seen that in the past and they're a little more restrictive as to like how those things can work. But ultimately there will be something like that that inherently becomes bigger than just a creative map and becomes almost its own game in itself. I've seen someone tried like a MOBA style. So there's multiple lanes. I think it was like a, a 10 person map 5v5 with like three lanes. A little bugged. Definitely wasn't perfect, but it was fun. I, I jumped in with some friends and had some fun in that. And then the other one I, I've played is a, uh, not a tower defense, but like a, a zombie defense game that I found yeah, really yeah. fun. And the better the tools get, the better that game mode will get. And I'm excited. Oh, exactly, 100%. Oh, man, some of these, some of these games are just so awesome, and I appreciate yeah, everyone. Like, like they're, they're they're awesome now with the limiting factors that there is. Like, eventually they're going to be absolutely crazy. Um, Another point I had, with um, and I tweeted it a couple of weeks ago, and it actually got a lot of traction as well. Um, my thing with orgs, it, it absolutely baffles me that Power, to my knowledge, is the only org, esports org, that has, that has like, r- realised creative's potential. Like, they have their own creative team. I know Ali A has esports orgs. Um, they're, like, they're potential and creative. Like... There's people like Finest who has, it's it's not 100% factual number, but I know he has billions and billions of players. Um, Like, I have 100 million players. People like Finest have billions, absolute billions. Now, think of all that, you know, free publicity and traffic for stuff like orgs, organisations. We worked with NRG um, quite a while ago now. We're on the Olympics thing that they did. And um, I feel like they were sort of, you know, maybe wanting to get into didn't earn out from that. But I really think creative, from in my opinion, is the absolute future of Fortnite. Um, and I, I'm not saying Battle Royale, in my opinion, is going to die, but I just feel like creative is going to take over, if not, you know, fully take over 
the popularity of BR. And I feel like like now is the absolute time to strike for any org, you know, any any content creator that wants to get a team going, now is the time to strike. Because as soon as them creators, them talented creators are all, you know, all signed or soaked up, you're going to miss out on a massive opportunity for content. Yeah, or it's going to cost you 10x what it would have. So exactly, exactly. Take advantage of it now. I, I'm with you. I do believe that long-term creative Fortnite is not going anywhere and it will be the game. Once, yeah. even like the Battle Royale, who knows how long that will last, but well yeah. after that's gone, people will still be playing creative maps. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. I I know people that get on the game for months, maybe years now, barely play the game, but they will hop on and play creative. Like that is yeah. the one yeah. thing that they do and you think the evolution there's going to be even more enticing things that are like, "Oh, let's yeah. get on, let's play this map, let's play that map." Um and who knows? Well, I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong, right? Epic Games are the masters of marketing. And I I genuinely think, and a lot of my friends say, you know, it won't last forever and blah, blah, blah. I genuinely think Fortnite, a League of Legends type, that's just a forever, you know, a, you know, it's just always there in esports and, you know, popular game. I believe in Epic Games for that sort of stuff. So I, um, I think maybe just some tweaking on the competitive <laughs> side. Do some tweaking on the competitive side. That we could, I think Fortnite could... The Battle Royale side, because I'm still fascinated in it, so uh, I believe Fortnite could go on forever. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I've hitched my horse to that wagon, too. This is my, my job yeah. now, so very <laughs> much a believer in competitive Fortnite, but Fortnite as a whole, mostly because it is such a unique game, and for the past... I guess five years now, I haven't been able to find something that like scratches the itch that Fortnite does. Yeah. And I'm not yeah. good. Like by no means am I a good player. I just enjoy playing the competitive game. I mean, I was yeah. before this, I was in the game playing the Dragon Ball Z challenges, trying mm -hmm. to get some of those done so I can get all the, the rewards. And I can't tell you the last time I've grinded challenges, but they throw Dragon Ball Z challenges in there and <laughs> boom, there I am playing hours of pubs that I haven't played in I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I were I were like as soon as Dragon Ball Z came out, I've bought the whole package, like <laughs> literally everything on it. I don't have it's it's a shame because I because I creative is my twenty you know well like I'd say twelve hour a day thing for me is creative and then you know a bit of family time and then you know sleep time but I I don't really have much time to play battle royale as much anymore. Most of the time I'm watching people play battle royale making. creative is there so do you follow the competitive scene like are you watching fncs and cash cups and stuff like yeah, that yeah oh 100 percent um i'm a massive massive aussie fan okay like you will if i'm watching an fncs stream I, I do i do like do you know what i like to watch the main broadcast sometimes not as much anymore no offense to you i love what you guys do on the main broadcast but i'm an aussie guy do you know what i mean like, <laughs> i lo absolutely love aussie and um but yeah, I'm massively into the competitive side. I like building. I, I, I'm, I, I think no build is an interesting concept, but it's not Fortnite for me. No build is not Fortnite to me. So if I'm watching anything competitive, it's to do with building. That, that hit me right here. I'm a huge yeah. fan of the competitive side. I don't like zero builds. Cool. It has a place. You guys have fun doing your zero build yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. But please. Please, Epic don't, yeah, Games. don't, don't, yeah, don't make it competitive. Don't like, <laughs> I just, do you know what it is? I want the prize pool to be big, uh, you know, for FNCS and blah blah blah. And I don't want, I don't want them have to to have to split the competitive loot or the competitive prize pool to accommodate no build. No offense to Epic Games, but in, in my opinion, I came to Fortnite for the building aspect. The building aspect is, in my opinion, why it became so popular. And the building aspect is why I still watch it to this day. Um, I think in terms of just a pure shooter, it's a fun game to play, but there are better out-and-out -out shooters. Yeah, I would agree. And the yeah, the building aspect is, is the sole reason Fortnite is at, at its position right now. When I've talked to people, and like this map was not 
necessarily made for no building. So there's just like yeah, points exactly. where it makes no sense not to be able to build up a mountain or somewhere. And like, obviously the sprinting, the mantling, all that stuff helps. It's made it yeah. better, but by no means is this like a perfectly balanced map for building and not building. Um, but I, I'm yeah, with I you on that. I, I do think those zero builds has a, a good place within the game. Yeah. Because... Yeah. 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 100%. I, casually, I believe. Yeah. as a good place. I, Maybe, maybe competitively to watch it for fun, to be able to watch your, you know, your old school, your favorite content creators that don't necessarily like playing really competitive and high skill level type Fortnite. Because now Fortnite skill ceiling is so high. Um, back in the day, a lot of these content creators could keep up, but nowadays it's just the skill ceiling is so high that even an average player will mash you up nowadays. Like. Um, but I, I think in terms of like a pro arm, you know, stuff like that, content creator tournaments and blah blah blah. No builds is fun, but keep the competitive competitive. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I think that's a perfect way to say it. it. Like the Twitch rivals, perfect. You know, they're trying to get all the creators in there. Boom, get them all in there. Like if you're trying to cater towards a more general audience the zero builds is probably the, the best way to do it um yeah and then even you know we have the invitational coming up i do think it's too late and limited for us to see some sort of zero build pro-am attached onto that although i yeah. think that would be an awesome way to bridge that gap between some more casual fans of creators and then also oh here coming up right after this is the super competitive FNCS Invitational, um, <laughs> which I, I've always thought would have been an awesome way because some sometimes it feels like Fortnite misses. They have the competitive side, they have the casual side, and there's no real crossover, and we're only getting further and further yeah. away. The the competitive mode is getting so much more like not it's not the same now, but it's only getting further away from the game that everybody else plays, which. I think hurts the like translation from like a casual Fortnite fan to like a competitive Fortnite fan. Because if you're thinking even just rocket league, for example, right at the base of it, it's the same game. There's going to be three cars or, you know, you play three cars competitively and they're trying to put the ball in the net. That is as simple as it gets. Simple as it gets. Yeah. Fortnite. It's like, okay, now we're playing the same game when you have your umbrella open, but then after you touch the ground, the competitive game and the casual game, are, it ends there. Yeah, I totally agree. I remember watching, um, I don't know if it was a TwitchCon or another pro-arm, and I remember seeing it where it were like one pro, one celebrity, right? Some of the pros were actually content creators, some of the teams. But I just remember some of these... Um, like some some of the actual top level like clicks and that they would absolutely dominate and you know they'd be absolutely killing people off. And some of these celebrities were just headless chickens, you know. <laughs> like it's just like and I, I remember watching the first I think would it the first pro am the one that Ninja won. I'm trying I think to think. It, it might be I think it were a pro am or some celebrity thing. Uh, with Cease and Ninja Cipher were there and on it. He beat Courage like at last minute or something. Anyway, um, I remember watching that and I remember being genuinely excited because but the skill level was so much lower then. And people like celebrities and stuff could come in and, you know, join up and blah, blah, blah. But like watching a pro, watching a pro like clicks or someone like that absolutely dominate random celebrities that play Fortnite once every week or something. Yeah, like like you said, it don't really translate well. It don't really translate very well. Yeah, that's I why mean, the no build would be perfect for stuff like that. Yeah, agreed. And we just had like the Patrick Mahomes skin added to the game. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. he's clearly gotta have some interest in Fortnite and play it. But if you tried to put him in any kind of one v one situation yeah, yeah, against yeah. any professional no player, chance. yeah, no chance. I doubt he takes a round. Like, I mean, you put me put me in a one v one. I played played Fortnite for four or five years. Whatever been out put me in a 1v1 with a pro player there is zero chance i'm gonna win and i've been playing for four years <laughs> oh you might be able to steal one i think you got it maybe yeah maybe maybe 
Oh man, yeah, I, it's a uh, it's an interesting place we're in, and um, I don't envy the people that have to make those decisions. It's definitely oh, not no, no, not at all. Not an easy place to like even figure out where to go to next oh, because I'm exactly. sure next year is like this year kind of seemed like a whole test for the competitive side. Well, what are we doing with? You know, in-person events with DreamHack, and then we had the Saudi event. Now we have the first, like, official Epic Games hosted event in almost three years. So this year is a test, and, I mean, for my sake and for all of competitive sake, I hope the test passes, because if not, then we're we're in a sad spot where Fortnite... I, I 100% have full belief in Epic Games. Um you see all these you see all these pros and uh, on twitter and yeah this and that i don't fortnite's you know fortnite's this fortnite's that and it's like I, coming from someone who technically i still call myself a creative map maker a lot of map makers call themselves game developers now and coming from like i know i somewhat know the process of a game developer not to the extent that epic games have to do it but i somewhat know the process and the amount of things I have to deal with in, in with Fortnite creative maps, I absolutely do not envy the people <laughs> that have to, you know, that, that deal with the game itself. Like, that, that is what I have to do a million times harder. Yeah, I've, I've talked to a couple of the developers, and it's crazy. They, it's like, yeah, we did this one thing that we thought had zero implications and then it messed up literally everything in the game and we couldn't just take it back. I'm like, Oh my goodness. Okay. Like that does not sound like fun, but that's, that's what it is when you've built this massive empire of a game called Fortnite. It's so much, I mean, just thinking of the characters alone within the game and all of them have to interact properly with every single thing in the game. And, that just provides almost infinite issues having all these different like models. If we're just going to bring it down to that, I can only imagine what putting new weapons or items or something like the dragon ball Z stuff. How difficult could that have been? How to know, you know, what to balance, when to balance it, you know, um, the, the amount of things that they have to deal with is absolutely crazy. And I, I got like a pea-sized uh, <laughs> bit of that. Like I know a pea-sized bit of that. Like that's that's how much I have to deal with compared to the developers of Epic Games. So I I've, I have no but respect and feel sorry for them <laughs> because they're also under scrutiny scrutiny as well from the general public. People who play Fortnite, the competitive scene, they're constantly under you know under the firing line or something. You know like. Whereas I get an odd message from a fourteen-year-old telling me he's gonna beat me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! And have you messed around with uh, Unreal Engine at all? Have you tried to dive into that? Nah, I have not as of yet. Uh, my whole thing is I don't want to. I, I don't want to jump into Unreal Engine myself and just try to learn on the spot. My what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna do it. Uh, I'm gonna take a course. I'm gonna take a whatever professional course on it if I need if I need to take a course on it, um, but because I'm only really into practice maps. I mean, I do I have delved a bit further recently with the attempt, and we're looking at um doing some sort of uh, brand deal open work or you know like really cool game type stuff. Um, but in terms of like preparing for Creative Two Point I'm re- I am pretty unprepared, but because because we don't know what's gonna come, you f- you feel I mean you are learning new skills, but you don't know if you're actually preparing yourself for it. And I mean, f- thank you to Epic Games they've they've provided me a platform, and you know I can earn a living from this platform. And what more can I do with it? I'll just put that to good use and take a on this sort of stuff. Have someone who knows what they're doing. T- rather than blindly go in and just try to figure it all out for myself that makes sense and get a good ground level knowledge before you're just jumping into something oh yeah 100 percent. 
you said something interesting there. You said you might be doing a, a brand deal or like sponsored map. I know you probably can't share who that is or what it's for, but is this a, <laughs> the first time you've done this? And can you share anything? No, no. Well, I can share previous uh, previous ones we've done. I actually worked with the EOS team, EOS Games team on the NRG Levi's uh, collab. Okay. Uh, yeah, that was. I think it were what were it three or four maps? It were like edit course, aim course, uh, it were like an Olympic theme style thing with the big NRG castle and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, so we worked on that. I've also done some product placement stuff. Like uh, we worked with KitKat recently. We were just a, like a three month brand deal. Put their logo in one of his maps and yeah, get paid to present their logo. Um, <laughs> I've got a lot of stuff that I'm sitting down with people and potentially working on, but obviously I can't. Um, but yeah, it's looking very exciting for the future. Me and my teammate, Tito, we both created Team Elevate together. We are a creative team that wants to bring brands to Fortnite. So um, early stages as well. We're very, you know, a couple of small brand deals, but... Yeah, um, the the future is promising. That's good to hear. And so you're working with Team Elevate. Is that that's something that you've built with Tito? Yeah, so originally Team Elevate was me, Tito, and Raider. Okay. Um, it was the three people that make practice maps come together, you know, to bounce off each other, share ideas, and possibly work. Raider had to drop out due to some family issues, but we were... All really good friends. Uh, we all talk on a regular basis. And what people don't understand about uh, practice map creators, we're not like normal map creators. So normal map creators would be like, uh, I have a lighting setting that's better than yours, and I'm not going to share it with you. <laughs> you know, I don't want you to have an edge. Where practice map creators, me, Raider, Tido. So uh, you've probably seen the aim dual scenario in. Raiders, aim trainers, and obviously Tito's as well. Well, that were kind of a collective of us three having certain ideas. Like, we didn't sit there and work on it. We all had ideas of it. So, I, I first worked on um, one of the devices, the sentry uh, around, realistically, and then, uh, but there were a certain, there were a certain setting that I missed, and I just thought, oh, well, this is not going to work. But it was because I missed a setting. And then I remember a month out and Raider said, oh, did you know you can do this? And, you know, with this setting. So I was like, yo, I, can't. I ended up going to make a, the aim dull scenario. And then oh, that's kind of how we are, especially me, Raider and Tito. If we have an idea, we'll just share it with each other regardless. We're, we're competitive. We're in competition with each other because obviously I would rather people play my peace control map and my aim trainer uh, and my 1v1 map but um, it doesn't mean because you're competitive with each other that you don't need to share things with each other for the greater good of the community uh, we all started making creating maps to help people not to make money I never thought in my whole time that the scavop would be as big as it was I created the scavop to help me and help whoever wanted to use it that's that's really awesome, and I'm glad that you guys are able to work together because it could very easily become like this uber competitive. Oh no, screw you! I'm not giving you anything. Like you exactly. go figure all this out. But I I kind of see it almost like the the platform YouTube is right. If people are using, yeah, you know, let's say for example, people are watching videos about Fortnite. And yeah. you're getting mad at somebody making a video about Fortnite that's similar to yours. Well, yeah. actually on YouTube, that that's helpful to you. Because if you're yeah. putting out two similar pieces of content, then people will both, you know, they watch one, then the next one gets recommended if it's good. And then, boom, they've just watched yeah. both your, your videos. And I can see creative is very similar, right? If you're someone that wants to improve, because you guys also put one another's maps in, like, your hubs or in other maps. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So it's, like, very supportive in a sense where 
more people that are using practice maps, whatever they may be, is inherently good for all three of you because yeah. you're all within that space. And then they tell their friend and their friend's like, oh, I use this map. And you're like, oh, I haven't used that map. And then it's like that whole exactly. and then and they, they choose they ch They then choose whether they like Raiders map, whether they like my map. It's all about personal preference then. But yeah, we we'd love to work together. Not from from what I've seen in the greater creative community, um, practice map creators, especially us three, are the ones very sharing. Um, it seems very competitive when it comes. Uh, and I, I and when I say practice training maps, I don't mean a, a box fight, uh, a box fight, you know, stuff like that. There. I, they're not practice maps to me. They're combat maps, as you'd say. Um, but I mean, you can practice on them. But to me, they're not practice maps. A practice maps like a training map. Okay. So, so something you use for preparation, not necessarily. I guess you could use a box fight too. Right, yeah, you could. You could use it as a practice map because you can practice on it. But I just, I just call them combat maps. Fair enough. Fair enough. Is. I know you said you were working on, on something, um, the, the new Scavix aim trainer, and then there's a, another map, but is there anything you're working on that you can kind of share more about or something coming up? Uh, you teased it a little bit at the beginning, but I mean, if not, I totally understand. I mean, the only ones I could ever tell you right now is, um, this new Scavok aim trainer and the new Scavok peace control map. Uh, my Scavok peace control map recently got, as I've told you, with the centuries, but the next one is going to be something you've never seen before in a peace control map. Um, very realistic, very, very good practice. A lot of people, I get a lot of messages all the time saying you should do your map this way and you should do it that way. Um, I, regardless of whether my map's boring, I always want it to be good practice. So if if a maps if one of my maps are boring, you'll be guaranteed it's good practice. <laughs> so this Scavok Peace Control map, I promise you, it's gonna be it's gonna be absolutely legendary. And when when you're putting something like that together, are you working with pro players, coaches to play through different scenarios, or is this more just from your game knowledge of? what you've seen, this is what you believe will be best. Yeah, so when I um, generally, I have a general idea of what people should practice, then I will put that together. And then before I even put the map out, I'll reach out to as many coaches as I know and ask for feedback. Um, and then when I get feedback, whether I like the feedback, I still take the feedback on board. And then after I've got the feedback, then I will readjust the map to the certain points that I've been given. Uh, I don't always use what coaches tell me. A lot, I'm, well, not a lot of the time, but twenty five percent of the time I don't use what certain coaches, you know, because at the end of the day, it's still it's still my map, and I still want to have my own stamp on it. But seventy five percent of my maps has been run through with a coach. Uh, multiple coaches actually because I like to have different point of views and then after that then I'll post them up but definitely coaches uh, quite a few coaches I've put towards get final input on my maps do you think of yourself as a coach because you're inherently like creating drills for players so from my mind just looking at it like from a basic level like you're providing the skills and practice for players which almost means you're a coach do you look at yourself that way yeah so um i have had this conversation recently with someone and kind of i don't see myself as a fortnight competitive coach I, if, if i was gonna call myself a coach i'd probably be a fortnight mechanics coach teaching people you know how to play the game um the best you know peace control techniques and you know Aim I, yeah, I'd see myself as a mechanics coach if I was to see myself as a coach. Right, I still see myself as a map maker. Um, a lot of people say, "Oh, well, you don't." Blah blah. Like, you sorry, you just cut out right there. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, a lot of people say stuff like, uh, "Well, you don't play competitive. 
Uh, I have played competitive in the past. I were never good at it, but um, I I don't think you have to be good at a game to be able to critique or have an opinion on someone's gameplay. Uh, that's just my personal opinion. Some of the some of the best football coaches were never good players. Yeah, I would one hundred percent agree. Yeah, I I believe playing like not not all the best players in the world are going to become coaches either. So that that was just my thing to them. But yeah, I do. I'd see myself as if I were going to see myself as anything a mechanics coach. Okay, but you know, making the maps pays the bills, so that's why. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, a coach and map maker, we'll throw that in there. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't mind having another title. As coach, yeah. <laughs> it is interesting you brought up, though, that, like, certain coaches don't need to be good at the game. Um, because we've started to see coaches become a vital part of competitive Fortnite. I mean, Sven, Destiny, Jesus, Captor to an extent, um, Schlocker, I can't say his name. Um, <laughs> I just butchered that one. But, like, more and more coaches and orgs have been teaming up and players. I mean, Blood X is another one working with people. And we started to see these players just start to excel because they're having that extra third-party point of view is there. I'm trying to think, like, just from a, a fan of competitive Fortnite and someone that's very in tune with what's going on, like how do you see that all taking place? And as a coach yourself, how do you yeah. um, like how do you view the the Fortnite coaching landscape? Yeah, so in my opinion, I believe every serious competitor should have a coach. Um, like. Like, going to school and having a teacher, that's the way I see, you know, playing competitive and having a coach. Um, like I said previously, a lot of people think coaching's easy. Coaching's not easy. You need certain methods and, you know, certain... I know for a fact coaches have looked up, you know, the best teaching methods or whatever. Um, in terms of, like... It's, it's a hard one, that, because there is a lot of players that don't have coaches and do really well but um people don't understand a lot of behind the scenes coaching people get as well like like i just said coaching's like like going to school and not having a teacher and you that's that's the way i see it you can always you can always be critiqued on your gameplay and there's always someone that has an analytical mindset and brain uh that surpasses yours even though you can put the things together better you know there's, there's people that can like uh, there were a few people that i remember looking at some gameplay some um low low tier pros uh that i used to watch and i remember watching the gameplay and thinking well i could i could not do it but i could tell him i, I remember telling him actually like oh were you under peak tier or you over peak tier and blah 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 like that's not me i'm not a better player than him. me and him absolutely trash me but I, I, I can critique his gameplay coaching is a major part and I, I believe the greatest players of all time in Fortnite will when when this competitive scene's done or uh, the greatest players will have had coaches I, I agree with you and I think now we're starting to get to the point where players have realized that the only value because at first it used to be a coach had to have massive game knowledge in order to yeah. be valuable but there's so many other pieces that players can benefit from from a coach it could be simply motivation like it could yeah. be someone that's like dude get your ass on the game vod review get better and yeah 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 that is also a huge piece another one that like great coaches if we look outside in sports it's how do I best utilize this person's talents? So it may be this person was playing a game a certain way, but a coach sees, okay, this is their strengths. Let's guide them in this direction, use them to use their strengths more, and then they become infinitely better. So like, there's all these little things, uh, and I know this is a little side tangent, but I, I, I've appreciated recently the the coaches because I, I think we're starting to get that evolution of Fortnite where 
there are different styles of play. There are different people that excel in certain places and having a coach be able to put those people in the right spots and help them understand what even the right spots are has been evolutionary to the game um, much more in Europe than anywhere else, but we'll, we'll see it. Uh, It'll trickle down. Well, it's like, um, I have so much respect for coaches because coaches, yeah. Um, especially higher top tier coaches anyway they have to have a knowledge of the game they have to have they have to have multiple teaching methods because not all, not all teaching methods for one person and i know nowadays we have mental health coaches as well but a game someone like destiny jesus has to be able to deal with people's mentality as well do you know what I mean? Like the the top tier coaches have to be able to deal with you know deal with people's egos and mentality and when to have confidence, when not to have confidence. I mean, you should always have confidence, but you you understand what I mean? Like yeah. So it's that, that's why I have so much respect for these top tier coaches because they're really good teachers and a a good teacher has to encompass everything, every part of coaching, whether mental, whether it be you know. You, your diet's wrong, or you... uh, yeah, I believe coaches are the future of what the pinnacle of Fortnite uh, competitive is going to be. I think so too, and we'll we'll continue to get there as we we go, uh, because you know more and more people. There's been a lot of players recently that might have stepped down from the game and are older. You know, uh, not even yeah. just are these coaches as whether it be good or bad teaching them the game they're also teaching them how to be like better humans and like oh yeah oh yeah overseeing some of the most formative years of these kids lives so we'll we'll see how how that goes i mean there's likely going to be good and bad outcomes of that uh just inherently there's good and bad in most things but helping these kids along because most of them are kids is going to be a a big part of that as well um, and teaching them, teaching them how to deal with cer- certain situations, like that. Believe it or not, I know it's people say it's only a game, but stuff you get taught on games does translate to real life. Stuff like you know confidence building things, and you know how to deal with stressful situations, problem solving. You know that that all does translate outside of Fortnite. I mean, knowing where to rotate, yeah, I don't try. It kind of does Sorry, because you broke it's still probably well knowing where to rotate that does kind of does because it's still problem solving. <laughs> For some reason, it like the same like five words that you yeah, just yeah, said. Yeah, yeah, It's all good. Um, my, my mic's so bad. <laughs> we'll work on that one. Um, yeah. <laughs> now we're we're getting towards about an hour here. Definitely enjoy the conversation, but one. Oh hold. yeah, it's been fun, man hold myself to my word and uh, i got another one of these rolling up soon so i'm thankful that you were able to join me um two questions i appreciate it actually three because i haven't asked um the first one so first of all where's don wazi come from i was waiting for this i was actually waiting i watched (laughs) reese i watched reese's uh the other day and i'm thinking i hope he asked me that question i love talking about it It's, it's it's very simple actually um so my second name is Warish. I don't mind sharing that. Uh, and people, for some reason, when I was younger, used to call me Wazzy. Okay. Um, like Warish Wazzy. I don't know how they got that from that. But anyway, they used to call me Wazzy. Um, I played a game called, and it was on. I played. I used to play a game on Facebook when I was really young called Mafia Wars. And whenever mm-hmm. you used to have to put a nickname in, and whenever you'd put a nickname in, uh, because it was Mafia Wars, it was about the mafia. It had put Don in front of your name. So you'd be, obviously I put Wazzy in, so Don Wazzy obviously came from that, but happy accident, my name's Daniel Warrior, my initials, my initials are DW, but my gaming name initials are... Very happy accident, but yeah, that's where my name came from. I'm glad you listened to it, you sounded excited to get that. That's one I was actually better... excited for that question, <laughs> <laughs> I love talking about how my name came about. That's one of the better Genesis stories, because a lot of times it's like... Yeah, Xbox generated this name, and now I have it. It's like, <laughs> who gives a crap? Yeah. Um, yeah. 
but I always like to hear like how people's names come about. And then, um, next question for you is what are you doing? I know we've kind of talked about this, but in the future, in the near future that people can look out for and, um, what, what do you have going on? Where can people find you? So, I mean, yeah, Don was here on all socials. <laughs> uh, anyway, what I have going on, I definitely I have the Scavok aim trainer coming up. Uh, that's going to be a big one. I'm spending so much time on this. I'm actually previously on the Scavok aim trainers. I've done it all by myself. This time, I'm actually employing people to come in and help me make it more efficient and you know work with me on the map. Uh, I have the Scavok piece control coming up. Uh, I I have several like you know realistic maps coming up i'm not going to share too much on that because i can't keep them um other than that uh team elevate team elevate is going to be big watch i promise you team elevate is going to be big in the creative map building scene i promise you that so watch out for team elevate team elevate on twitter all right cool uh, sorry you just mentioned something and i have a question about it how yeah, do you on. have people help you on maps like how does that whole process work so basically they have to I, I'm I'm paying them for the time and then they come on when I'm online and then we work on the map together in my creative island or whatever. Oh okay. So you can have other people come in, give them permissions to be able to yeah, yeah, do yeah, things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because there's been a, like several people, especially more recently it seems like people have hired others to build maps under their code, so I guess I never knew exactly how that worked. Um, I know yeah, that's so not that, what um, you're doing. Yeah, that is a it's a very difficult thing for me because uh, people, especially content creators, uh, YouTubers specifically, really undervalue creative. And um, I see a lot of people doing hundred dollar maps, and uh, it really devalues what we what us as map makers are actually worth now. Um, I'm I'm always there to I always want to elevate people and bring up people around me. Uh, and in terms of pricing for creative maps, like you, I mean, you can you can put whatever stamp you want. Creative you want to make a that's your prerogative. Totally up to you. But um, when it comes to me, like you probably want content creators probably won't come to me because I price myself <laughs> out more times than anything. Because the, the way I see it is like the amount. And it's not all about money for me, so I, I'm coming across as vain here, but it's definitely not. My practice maps are not about money. They, they were just lucky. Uh, but when it comes to creative and like making projects on other people's builds, brands, in, to my knowledge, play, pay very well. Content creators really don't. Um, uh, and, but like, they don't understand that what they're set to make from a, the support of creator is crazy. So... Creative map makers have to price themselves high. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Does do you get paid if people don't buy things? Like, just from people using your map, is there any value in that, or they have to go into your map, use the supported creator code, and then buy things? So, in terms of getting paid by Epic Games, obviously they have to use the support creator and then buy things. Um, you there is there is another way that you can get paid. Uh. But it's it's kind of like product placement. So you could uh, say G three will approach you, and you've got a map that you know does really well in players. Uh, you could get sponsorships for your maps. Okay. Uh, it's 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 kind of a grey area at the moment with Fortnite Creative because you don't know what you're allowed. Um, they are coming a bit. They are becoming a bit more clear with it now. So, to my knowledge, if you're if you have the uh, IP owners permission or like a written statement saying that you're allowed to use their intellectual property then you know you can have sponsors but that's a that's a thing that's really untapped actually in maps no one really knows that they can get sponsors now and i'm pretty sure that they can get sponsors so that's something map makers should look at and brands should look at to be honest because the amount of traffic that goes through creative is absolutely crazy yeah 80 million just in your your practice map i mean <laughs> tell anyone yeah. that you could put 80 million eyeballs or I guess 160 million eyeballs. Nonetheless, 80 million sets of eyes on like a piece of whatever you want it to be. That's, that is quite a bit. Um, all right, let's wrap this up. 
Last question yeah, for you. Favorite Fortnite skin? What do you got? Oh, this is a very tough one. Uh, I'm going to sound absolutely fanboyish right now, but my favorite Fortnite skin is Vegeta right now because <laughs> Vegeta's just come out. Vegeta's my favorite character. But if I were going to go previous favorite Fortnite skin uh, before Vegeta came out, Iron Man. Iron Man. Okay. So you you like the collabs. Oh, I love them. Love the collabs, especially Marvel and uh, now this new Dragon Ball Z one. Well, I love all of them. Marvel, DC, anything like that. That's that's my MO. I'm forever going to buy uh, collab skins and um, forever going to buy icon skins as well. Actually, a close third, a close third of my favorite skins is the loser fruit skin. Okay. That is one of the well, best, most well-made icon skins I have ever seen. And Loser Fruit's also awesome as well. So, All right. Hey, I like that. That's the, the most we've ever gotten out of that question. So thank you for that. Um, <laughs> oh, I, I love being thorough. <laughs> really love, uh, love and appreciate you joining me. It was awesome to be able to hear a perspective that I've never heard before. And I'm sure a lot of the audience has never heard. So thank you for coming on, man. Oh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And do you know what? I just want to say your journey, and, and you know I've known you for a long time, uh, and I'm really proud of you and your journey. Where, you, where you've come from and where, and where you're at now is absolutely incredible. So love you, brother, and I'm really proud of you. Well, thank you very much. Uh, um, nah, it's cool, man. I'm uh, very appreciative and humbled by that, so thank you. Um, yeah, man. And to wrap this up, hopefully you guys at home enjoyed this. Uh, Don Wazi, you can find him on Twitter, YouTube, wherever, in the game, in his maps. Um, I'm sure you guys have played at least one of them. But thank you all so much for watching. If you need anything, you can send me a DM on Twitter. It's somebody's gun. It's right down below if you're watching on YouTube. If not, find me. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next time. Peace. Bye.